All right, everyone. Welcome to, I believe this is episode eight of the Ionosphere. Uh, we were off last week, but we're back with some fun and exciting new faces for you. Uh, not really sure where we're going with this one yet, but we're going to figure it out as we go. So without that, uh, without further ado, we have me, Garrett Daly, Liver Rex. We have Chris Liss. You know, tell us about yourself, Chris. Currently, like right now? Okay, I'll do it. Uh, yeah. yeah, my name is Chris Liss, um, and I... Uh, for my undergrad, I studied political science, so you can tell where this is going. Uh, for my first master's, I studied uh, public administration, which is a subfield of political science, and I'm currently doing a second master's at the London School of Economics studying political economy. Uh, so I don't have any interest in politics, so this is, um, this is right up my alley. So I will be able to be a, a wonderful contributor to this completely apolitical uh, podcast, or, I, or I, I hope I am. So. <laughs> And I'm, I'm also, I, I, recently, um, I recently started a podcast called Panic Station, um, which is, really runs the gamut of topics as well. And um, I recently incorporated as well, uh, I am the CEO of Outer Heaven LLC, uh, which is, if you know Metal Gear, you know exactly what that is. If you don't know Metal oh, Gear. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that, that, incorpor that was incorporated last week. So I'm very excited about the next couple of years of where Outer Heaven will be going essentially in the future. So that is a bit about me. Oh, yeah. Do you want to mention your book? Yeah, I guess. Um, I don't know if we want to do this now or at the end, but yeah, I am the, currently the chief editor, co-author, co-contributor alongside some, some gentlemen potentially in this podcast at the moment of uh, Masculinity in the 21st Century, a primer, uh, which is hopefully one of the first books in a series. Uh, we, we are going to kind of go from the primer book to intermediate masculine theory to advanced masculine theory then maybe like some special topics so ideally kind of every three months or so ro roll out a book that kind of gets more and more um not not only in terms of self-improvement self-development but some of the kind of uh threats uh emerging threats or problems that i think um, that are facing in 2019 so yeah I'll, I'll plug it now and i'll probably plug it throughout the, the show if i don't have anything else to say i'll just plug the book <laughs> Cool. All right. That works. Next up, we have Jordan Castles. Hello. It's good to be back after the last time I was here and you melted my brain. Um, no. Hello, lovely people of the interweb. I'm Jordan Castles, at jcastles on Twitter. Um, I'm the author of the upcoming book, The Competent Man and the Last Messiah, another essays. Uh, classicist. Um, and beyond that, a bit of everything. Deep generalist is the usual word instead of annoying know-it-all on the back of a bar. So yeah, that works. It's good right. to be here. And last, last but not least, we have Fury. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, my real name actually is in my Twitter handle, it's Jeffrey. And uh, if you've seen like the, the movie, the World War II movie, Fury, uh, Brad Pitt uh, plays in it like uh, he has this like signature haircut as like a undercut and then the top is long you know I used to have that haircut in 2015 and one of my best friends uh, he's not on Twitter or anything he always calls me that and then yeah my Twitter handle started to grow and it just became like a shtick you know and usually uh, if you know me in my personal life or sometimes see me go all out on my threads I have like serious rage issues I think but I channelize it. So, and uh, for the rest, my bios as everything. I'm an engineer, triathlete, uh, 
I love to cut shit down, you know, like that's true, straight up. Uh, I'm really into that Japanese culture, like Zen, Bushido, uh, recently, and I picked up um, what's the book? Ah, Goen no Sho, Book of Five Rings, the only book written by Miyamoto Musashi. Uh, yeah, that's my favorite book. Now I'm working through Hagakure. You all should read that. Um, finally, I have three things like. Uh, what's it like shameless self-promotion I have like an Instagram I post all my like legendary shit there um, I have a mail list now for like I really get tired of like writing threads and it's so headache in inducing so I'll just like focus my quality work in my mail list and send it out like every week or maybe every month or something quality only and plus finally I have a book com coming up how I went from zero kilometers to almost dying in 42 kilometers the first time and like breezing through my second marathon and like uh, with less than a month of training. Wow. Yep. That's impressive. How far is, uh, what's 42 kilometers in miles? Do you know off the top? Uh, 26.2 miles. Oh, nice. Okay. So that is, yeah, marathon length. Nice. Shit. So, um, the first thing that jumps out, what kind of engineering do you do? Uh, I'm a civil engineer by trade. And um, uh, like we have like eight masters. It's like uh, with water and ground. And I focus on structural engineering, which is basically like a construction work. So we focus on the construction and the structural design of bridges, buildings, sluices, dikes, basically anything that's man-made that's not a ship. Uh, it's like created uh, by teams of us. Nice. Okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so is there any, any connection? Have you yet found uh, a way to connect like the book of the five rings to your work? Uh, you mean uh, engineering and the book of five rings? Yeah. There's gotta be some crossover somehow. Right? Uh, uh, like what, um, one of my friends on Twitter, he's like an anon. He says, um, not a lot of people on Twitter or even real life are lateral thinkers. There's this thing called lateral thinking, which means basically you are able to connect things quite easily. The book of five rings is basically, if you like really uh, get through like the, how do you say, the philosophic, philosophical musings of Musashi, but really to the core of it, it's like basically he's giving you tips how to connect anything with anything basically. So it's like a toolkit you unleash on two things, like two elements. So this would be like engineering and uh, like cutting things down or like a class system. He has like a, a, what comes up in the top of my mind right now is like uh, he categorizes, Musashi categorizes people in four or five categories. And one of them is a builder and he goes on really uh, pretty in depth for like two, three paragraphs in this chapter about how a builder goes through life. And that paragraph right there, it, he was basically describing an engineer. It's like in mm -hmm. chapter one, I think. Or something. I mean, yeah, that sounds similar to the, the Jungian, Jungian, I don't know. Is it, is it young? Pronounced young, right? The Jungian, Jungian, I think. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Jungian archetypes, right? But yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it sounds similar to that. And what was that book? There was a book that came out a while ago about there's essentially four kind of masculine archetypes 
Like there's the, the wizard, there's the warrior, warrior magician. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, that's it. So, so something similar to that. Uh, yeah, good, uh, good pickup. Because uh, I, it's one of the books that's in my Amazon card perpetually. Uh, King magician warrior lover. That's it. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. I mean, so, well, is, is it free reign now, Garrett, or are, are you leading this? Yeah, it's free reign. You can go wherever you want. Okay. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to do too much self-promotion here. Um, but yeah, just the, the impetus for Outer Heaven LLC uh, kind of came from, because it's, it's, it's a weird name unless you know Metal Gear. And then it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I love Metal Gear, by the way. I yeah. had no uh, game stations when I was younger. Oh, yeah, I had the GameCube. Then I played uh, Twin Snakes, like the, nice. like the edition or something, the special edition. But mm. I like watched all the video clips of all the Metal Gears from like one to until four, just mm. to get the storyline. Video <laughs> nice. Kojima, it's brilliant. Yeah, I love it. No, it's it's a it's a it's a well articulated story. And I was talking, I, I don't know who I was tweeting at recently about this idea. Uh, I think his name is Pyramid something, um, and he is talking about this idea where you came to the realization that he's basically living in a video game. And I had that realization about oh. a couple months ago. Um, mm -hmm. So I figured, why not make it? You, Chris? Chris? I'm 25. Oh, okay, yeah. Then it's good that you got that realization right now, because yeah. if you were like fuck, um, if you were like 30 plus or something, mm. uh, yeah, it was not too late. But like, you mean like everything is a game, man. You know, the sooner yeah. you find that out, personally, like in my opinion, then you can level up instantly with anything at any time. Yeah, and it's and it's really it's really about kind of because um, I always cringed when people said oh like you get a lot of skills if you play video games you get like reflex skills um well it's, you can i think you can get a lot of creative kind of type uh, inspiration which is kind of where i, I base this off of and then uh, outer heaven the company is incorporating what we call christian democratic principles and i think a living in the netherlands you, uh, fury probably knows a little bit about about christian democracy. I live in the netherlands yes yeah anything i say on twitter is 100 100,000% truth. I never lie. Not even in real life. If I want to lie, I just walk away or I shut my mouth. I, I, I don't deny that. <laughs> um, but yeah, essentially, I think uh, capitalism, which is not political, right? We're talking about economic systems. Yeah, sure. Is that fine? Is that fine, Garrett? Money heals, right? Money is good mm. for your health. <laughs> mm. Garrett, Garrett, are, are, are we... Uh, are we I'll, stop you. I'll stop you if we get somewhere weird. Okay. Well, I, I just think capitalism as we know it is kind of in the West is in, is in dire straits. And I think that's why you see the rise of um, alternative kind of candidates that are getting a lot of steam. And unless there is kind of a major market-led, in my opinion, uh, driving force to kind of save capitalism from the capitalists, then it's gonna the entire system's gonna implode and you, you kind of see that around the world and throughout history. So the the impetus for founding this company in a sense was that I think capitalism as a whole, and I think it's I don't think it's a perfect system. I just think it's better than the alternatives. Uh, that if we don't save capitalism, then we're gonna end up with something much worse than capitalism. Uh, so that's kind of where where outer heaven kind of comes in. So it's not just a consulting firm, which is what it's billed as. It's, it's the, essentially the parent company of six domains that we're going to be kind of focusing on um, education, education reform in the United States, which is 
I'm sure Garrett will back me up and say is atrocious. Um, our, our healthcare system definitely could use a couple tweaks. Uh, oh, yes, the healthcare system here as well. How do you say? I respect people who do not have like good healthcare because here you take it for granted. You know, it's yeah. really well put together here. Mm -hmm. Better than better than us are like the Scandinavian countries yeah. and maybe Germany. So th there's definitely opportunity for reform in the United States. So starting with those two domains, because at the end of 20, the August 2020, I'll be launching my first school, which is a private school, private Jesuit school in Orange County, which is all male. And it kind of is a bit different than most schools because- Why it, is it all male? Because I, I, it kind of goes back to this masculinity concept um, that I think there's a different kind of dynamic when you get a bunch of guys together than when you have girls, especially going through puberty. Um, it can be a bit, not, not, not just distracting, because I don't want to say that, you know, women are just distractions from our, our ultimate awesome male goals of ruling the world and being kings and stuff. But it's... Yeah, a little domination. Yeah, it's, it's, more, it's more the fact that I think that um, young men in the educational establishment have essentially been shafted for years. There's a great book called The War on Boys, by Christina Hoff Summers, who's actually a feminist. Um, and she kind of details, kind of grim details about how we were basically over-medicating kids for ADHD, um, starting at the age of two, which I think is uh, at least a little That's bit repugnant. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and ADHD diagnoses are about 70, 30 men. Um, and then you go through the entire system. You're taught by women over, overwhelmingly. I think it's once again like a 70-30 split, women, men, teachers. Um, and then we, we kind of wonder why at the end of it, uh, men are kind of confused going into college. And then you, that's where you get the real kind of craziness on display is, is in the academy. So in my opinion, starting with this, 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 this school, which is a private school with uh, ideally having generous tuition subsidies, and I'm having an app developed. Uh, to cut down costs by basically streamlining all the administrative functionality uh, that a teacher would normally do um, or an administrator would do. And I, I basically liquidate the administrators, have the teachers do the administrative work on this app, streamline everything, basically, as I said, liquidate the, the admins, save the money, give it to tuition subsidies, and uh, have a really competitive model. Because uh, I think pri private schools, spe specifically Catholic, have problems too. Uh, as someone who went to uh, Catholic undergrad, um, there's no reason a social justice. Oh, um, Chris, now I understand a little bit. Like this is related to the Outer Heaven LLC, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, outer, I, I mean, I, I, you call it Outer Heaven then? Because yeah, yeah, it, it, it is. Yeah, there, there, there definitely is a religious component to it in the yeah. sense that it's founded on a what what I would call a Christian Democrats corporation. So it's. Um, they're going to be salary caps, but not as draconian as some people on the left would want. Um, there's going to be uh, basically a direct path from any position to CEO. Uh, so, the, and I basically want to have a consulting firm that is so nimble and so uh, I don't want to say progressive, uh, but a consulting firm that is so avant-garde and different that anti-fragile, anti-fragile. Yeah, that I'll be able to snipe people easily from people that are uh, that are getting burned out at Deloitte or PwC, it's working 80 hours a week, uh, and uh, at the end of the day, taking home maybe 27, 25 dollars an hour. Um, I think 
I think we're there's a couple, as I said, it's complicated because there are a lot of different moving pieces. So we have an educational establishment that's failing. We have a, a private sector that has kind of ceased to care or has ceased to be virtuous. Um, and you can kind of trace it back to the fact that I think men in a lot of respects have relinquished um, any kind of moral or other authority uh, yes. on these matters. So um, I highly agree with that. Yeah, One I'm, of my friends, he even made a, like a, what is it, like a Twitter handle? It's like authority in Russian because he feels like men, they, ha they lack moral spine these days. You know, no offense to anybody, but even if you're not, how do you say, not there where you want to be, but they're, they just, uh, what's it like, uh, rage quit, you know, like, and since we're talking about games of stuff like that, they just like give up, like, you know. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, and I think this, the whole men going their own way, MG Toe, um, is a cop. Oh, big time. Yeah, I, I, I think I think that's an ultimate cop out when um, you have a society because I, I do think I, I coined the term ruthless optimist. I, I'm a ruthless optimist in uh, where I think things are going, despite how things look at a given period in time. I think if you expand your time horizons, uh, things get a lot more positive. So if you just decide to up and go and leave society because you're not getting laid as much as you'd like, uh, then you're doing yourself a disservice and you're doing the society that kind of spent thousands of years getting to that point that, that you would be so comfortable in, in abandoning it. You're doing that a disservice as well. And I think the whole concept of duty has completely gone out the window uh, in recent years. Like there, there is no, like, uh, like obligations are now burdens, you know? They're not like, instead of saying, oh, like I, I, I have to give something back, uh, we think we just shirk these responsibilities, and I think it's tragic. Um, but I'm still a ruthless optimist at the end of the day. Uh, just, just to clarify, in case uh, I get too blackpilled for for your audience. <laughs> so the the problem that I find, is I I don't like as much. Okay, so the the way that I look at this, right? We have. Um, the rise over the last century of like a naive individualism, right? Where there's this impulse, and you can see this in the 60s, and you can see this in the 80s, and you can see this now, um, where there's the like pure individualism of, I'm gonna do whatever the fuck I want. Um, I'm going to reject any kind of imposed authority or imposed obligations. And there's, a, there's some respect that I agree with that. I don't like the notion of duty but I do like the notion of responsibility, right? So mm. not as in this is what someone is obligating you to do, but this is what you have to do if you want the world to survive, right? So mm. in a sense, I guess my, uh, where I would see that is that we need to get to the point where we see the responsibility is arising from within the individual as opposed to being imposed because it's that imposition of uh, whether or not that's the case is, you know, uh, the external authority, see, this seems to be the age where external authority dies. Um, if you look at the way that we respect like the presidency or um, religion or social mores as a whole, it seems to be dying. It doesn't seem to work if we look outside ourselves through these sources of meaning. It seems like we have to look internally and find uh, an individualism that reconciles with authority and the external world or, so I, I mean i would argue that it's more individualism is a privilege uh to 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 think of yourself 
as the, 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 the focal point in the world, which, I mean, you can take the, the Ayn Randian take, and that is like the, the smallest minority is the individual. You can have that approach. I'm not quite like that. But I think being, having an individualist outlook is a privilege in, in the sense that you're willing to, um, because it's so easily taken to the extreme, like a lot of different political ideologies. If you take individualism to the extreme, everyone's literally just thinking about themselves and they're pursuing their own self-interest which according to economics will lead to, or Adam Smith even, will lead to some uh, greater societal good. But Adam Smith was a moral philosopher as well. Um, if you don't have a virtuous, if you don't inculcate people virtue, um, <clears throat> when, you're, when, when they're taking on hyper-individualism, then you shouldn't be surprised when we end up with kind of a society in the state that it is right now. Um, so I... I, yeah, I, I definitely see where you're coming from and maybe duties and responsibilities. Maybe it's a semantic thing in, in, my, in my mind. Uh, but yeah, there, there are some, um, not necessarily limitations to individualism, but some reconciling, as you said, some kind of reconciling um, what, what an individual ought to do with all this freedom. And that's, I think, where, where libertarianism, not to get too political, in the U.S. gets kind of caught up is we have all this freedom because we're Americans. Now what do we do? And it gets pretty degenerate pretty quickly, uh, unfortunately. So um, yeah, that's, um, that's, that's, I think, I think that's, that's, that's a symptomatic effect of a, of a, uh, a relinquishment of talking about culture in a meaningful way, talking about values or virtue in a meaningful way, personally. Not, yeah, once I agree. Not, not <laughs> Jordan? Jordan, Jordan, yeah, you've been, you've been awfully quiet here. Yeah, um, I'm not entirely sure if we're completely moving into the part where external authority kind of dies. What I've kind of noted is that we're certainly moving towards individualism. But what I would say is that people are gravitating towards, people gravitate towards other people who encourage that individualism and in turn they kind of revere that new authority. So if you look at guys like... People don't like politicians nowadays because they've proven a number, or at least I'm going to, but like you mentioned the presidency. So, mm. but I'm just going to say that people don't trust that because it, it, there's that idea of, well, they don't care about me personally. That there, there is no connect there. Whereas there are people online, you go on Twitter and all of a sudden you see big names with uh, like 10,000 followers and they're like, they can point, pick you out and they can name you and they can say this person is interesting and then you sort of revere that and it's quite interesting to watch that dynamic especially like again within the context of masculinity and the um so sort of, i suppose the the red pill set <laughs> you notice that tendency of there are certain personalities that rise up and so I'm not sure whether we've reached peak individualism yet. I think it's on the way, but we're not there yet. And I think that's going to take some time. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's in particular, it's peak individualism without virtue uh, because you essentially as an individual, you kind of want to keep doing seeking short-term gains or pleasures or whatever. Um, so you, so you go from really vile media consumption to pornography, to drugs, to alcohol, and you kind of keep writing the cycle. And um, you think at the end of the day that this is, that this is gonna be 
like the accumulation of all this consumption, that's all it is, is just cons consuming. Uh, mm. Just becoming a consuming individual will lead you to some kind of lasting, um, lasting happiness. I can speak for my own case that that's definitely, that's definitely not, not the truth. Um, hence why, you know, I've, uh, I, I had to deal with some personal demons myself in the past and then kind of reconcile once again, my, my place in the world, um, my strengths and what I'm capable of. Fury had an interesting post in which it was like, um, name, uh, oh. or no, it was race, ethnicity, what was it? Race, ethnicity, loyalty, and identity, right? If I'm, you had this like a four line post, it was like race, uh, ethnicity, yeah. loyalty, yeah. I'm sure if Fury doesn't remember, I definitely remember. You can find it on my Twitter. Uh, yeah, I, I know. At Krishlish. Yeah. <laughs> Plug. Um, so, and it's, I mean, for me, it's coming to terms with, with who I am and where I am in the world. And I think the alpha beta dichotomy that you see in a lot of red pill circles is actually really misguided uh, because yeah. you're, you're either, you're either this commanding King like personality or you're this supplicating pathetic beta male. And um, it, it makes for funny memes, but you know, when you're talking about what people should be doing with their lives, I think it can get a little, um, a little, sad for them a little uh i don't want to say black belly. it can get a little disappointing when when you realize that like well i'm not an alpha male therefore i'm a pathetic beta male so i might as well just keep consuming be a part of the consuming mass whereas i've always thought of myself as more of a and you can see in my in my serious post because i did one where it was just the american flag four times and on my serious post i said that um, i think my identity is genuinely support um, which is not something, so it's not quite alpha. And I don't think it's, it's definitely not beta or I hope it's not beta. It's something, something else, something in between or something differently entirely, uh, where I genuinely, um, if you guys subscribe to Myers-Briggs or whatever, I think there's enough personality variations that we don't have to dichotomize everyone into alpha or beta. Um, so I, I genuinely get my enthusiasm from seeing other people succeed. I know that's not like red pill safe where it's like people, people are out to get you. People want to see you fail. That's so, interesting. Um, um, yeah. Like I, I genuinely like uh, uplifting other, sorry, not, not, not to cut you off, but like uplifting other people is how I get my, my own, um, what do you, whatever you want to call it, serotonin booster. No. I love how you describe that as support because it ties into the whole gamification thing you're going with, like out of heaven. And um, mm. so like, it's almost like instead of alpha and beta, you're going like the support class. Yeah. Life, which is now that's I think that's a probably a more interesting metaphor to go with than just red pill and blue pill. Like, mm. if you're yeah, like, like, thinking more, like, I will have to think upon this. That's yeah, I, yeah, I, I, like think, I think video games can reveal a lot of truth. Not as, as I said, I don't like people saying, like, oh man, my. My, my word per minute count is so much better after I played, you know, 12,000 hours of WoW. I think it's more like, who, like, because classes, people play Don't classes. <laughs> people play classes in video games, I think, because they're an extension of one's personality. I think, and as someone who's played consistently, I'm always playing support. I'm always playing medic. Um, and then kind of thinking about that is like, maybe that's like, it's, it's, it's the truth in some ways. Because I don't want to, as I say, say my life is a video game. But if you're consistently doing things to support a team, to support a cause, something greater than yourself, and that, that is where you can see yourself succeeding, um, then I, I don't think we should 
be so quick to say that oh you're either you're either alpha you're a frontline warrior charger or you're beta you are a meat bag you're cannon fodder um you know you can take any team-based game of the last 20 years and say there's enough personalities to go around i think um so that's that's kind of where i stand on this i don't know i don't know gary you, you've been you, you you're starting to get quiet well, now so part <laughs> Part, part of the issue, it seems, is that I, I would actually argue that the alpha beta thing, if you want to go off of that, is anti-individual. Uh, and actually, all of these different classification systems are, hey, here's a way I can think about people without actually thinking about the person itself, right? I've already put these, these are my two categories for dudes, and all men go in one of them. So I have now eliminated, you know, all rational thought. And I can just reduce people to one of two things. So it's the problem that I find with that kind of shit is, and I guess not, not necessarily the red pill is inherently flawed overall, but it's that it's a single, it's a single issue, like a single lens of looking at the world. Right. So you can look at everything in the world as red pill power dynamics. And that would be fine if, um, if humans didn't have the volitional like prefrontal cortex, if you were just looking at, you could judge probably all uh, primate societies like apes and shit, right? You could probably judge all that through red pill power dynamics because they're not using language. They don't have an internal dialogue. And now I guess, I guess what I'm trying to get at is it's basically it's behaviorism and it's denying the internal experience as a means of personal value. But you get into a complicated game when you play that because the how do we build a value system that varies from person to person, you know, or is the issue that we're trying to build a value system that varies from person to person, right? People uh, default to these easy lenses. So like racism is one of them. Uh, Political affiliation is one of them. Different tribalistic, collectivistic ways of seeing the world. So alpha beta, well, I now avoid thinking about this, right? People don't want to meet individuals as individuals because that's hard. You have to, you have to say, well, can I trust this person? Do their values align with mine? How do I, uh, how do I relate to someone that it's I It's time consuming. You know? Yeah. 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 And it's, it's hard and it requires you to think and people are fucking scared to think. Thinking is not a, you know, you, you have to, if you're going to think you have to consider that you might be wrong. And most people spend most of their time avoiding the possibility that they might be wrong. You know, mm-hmm. that's a, that's not a fun game. Self-improvement's a bitch yeah. for that reason, you know? So that's, that's where I see the issue is not necessarily that they're wrong in the sense of what they're saying is wrong, but it's the perspective it's narrow and that's limiting, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's true in, as you said, like a narrow kind of regard, but, um, if because like i'm just gonna I'll, I'll just say it this is this is for, for my own upcoming book after masculinity is actually called alpha beta gamma male um because i just threw out the the next greek letter i could think of that kind of makes sense so gamma gamma male is and once again this sounds like i'm once again constricting it to alpha beta or gamma but once again i think um i think it's true in both ways because you you want to view the world as individuals but it's time consuming um and you can save a lot of time with heuristics or shorthands about the way people sort of, uh, kind of interact, the way they look, and you can kind of classify them yourselves, create m- little mental models, um, and kind of get along your day. And I think it also gives people, in terms of self-classification, it gives them a lot of meaning and purpose, because it's not like, well, I'm not just this individual 
atomized particle in this whole kind of world of people in categories. You know, I'm part of something greater than myself. Um, as shallow as that that hole is, as shallow as that group is, I'm still uh, I'm still a part of something. I can still say that I'm this. I can still say that I'm a you know alpha male, beta male, ga gamma male, or whatever. Um, and I think um, I think that's that's actually, in my opinion, it's helpful because um, it's it's once again it's time it's time consuming, and in the sense that you not only find out what you should do, but also what you shouldn't do. Um, I know that as a leader, I could probably do well for about an hour before the, if someone asked you to make a difficult decision, um, I would think about every possible opportunity cost, every possible bad outcome, and I would just get frozen. I, like, I would need someone who is decisive to make those decisions for me. So I, I understand my own limitations. And um, there's only so much self-improvement you can do. Uh, but I know at the end of the day, I would much rather have, um, let's say, some stereotypical alpha chad male uh be the one making the decisions and i don't know if, if you've ever met such a personality but they seem to not kind of get bogged down in all these alternate realities alternate scenarios in the same way that i am or that, that i get so um and uh and just as a quick side note i think a followership is actually much more interesting than leadership there are I, I can do a quick Amazon search on how many fucking, sorry, how many, how many uh, lead books there are on leadership written by people that have no skin in the game, that have no experience uh, being leaders in big organizations. And the fact of the matter is we tell people that everyone can be a leader, but there are not enough followers to be a part of everyone being a leader, you know? And I, I, I get this a lot in the, in the, the, the really soft management kind of classes throughout academia is, you know, like you can be a leader and you can be a leader and you can be a leader. You know, it all depends on context. It's like, I don't know. I think knowing when to follow somebody, knowing, identifying a good leader, knowing what a good leader's traits are is just as important as knowing what a good, uh, uh, as, sorry, is as just as important as being a good leader. Um, as I, I think if you were to boil down leadership in a nutshell, it's being decisive, um, of being commanding and having all sorts of other kind of traits, whereas being a follower is being able to identify uh, that at its most ideal form. Because you don't want a follower, a follower who knows that they're a follower personality type and gloms onto a shitty leader is going to get really frustrated very quickly when it turns out that that leader should have been a follower too all along. Um, so just once again, I think there are, I, I don't know, I'm a bit of a naturalist with, when, it, when it comes to this. I think some people, I'm not saying it's set in stone, but I think some people are more naturally leader-oriented. Some people like myself are more naturally follower-oriented. Not, not that I can't in a pinch be a leader, uh, but I would rather be in a support, once again, a support scenario uh, in which I don't have to take so much of the heat all the time because I, I, once, I know my own limits in terms of you know, psychological trauma and thinking myself into a box in a way that... Uh, I would say the ideal leader doesn't have to worry about. Uh, once again, a, a bit of a rant, but it's it's all for me. It's all kind of connected. Um, I, I'm creating, I'm theory crafting, which is a, a trick I learned from the academy, where you just start making shit up, and then you you, you justify it by putting your own life into it. Um, sorry if I'm really hogging uh, hogging the space right now. I, I didn't know if this was sorry. if this was kind of the ideal go for it. Uh, the ideal kind of turnaround, but I'll, I'll 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 let someone else take the take the field for a moment while I. Yeah, uh, Jordan and then Fury. I will be able to hear you, but 
Uh, I'll be right back. Oh, shit. I, I haven't okay. raised hand feature. I'm sorry. No worries. Um, but what you were saying about um, a couple of things that really stood out to me. The first thing that comes to mind is um, when you're talking about the Alphabeta Gamma that you've been working on in your new book, correct? Um, and it's Alphabeta Gamma Mail, and it, the, the subtitle is And Other Meaningless Theory Crafting. <laughs> I like that. Um, no, it stands out to me because it's kind of reminiscent of some of the work I did a good few years ago on Korzybski. Um, mm-hmm. Albert, Albert Korzybski and his um, general semantics. So the one thing that stands out with that, like one of the most notable aphorisms from his book is the map is not the territory. And so long as you can keep that in mind, then the map is perfectly fine. So you have the idea of the alpha. It's mm-hmm. like big, strong alpha male. You know, you know. What was that meme recently that took the mickey out of it? It was a Warren Buffett tweet that had been edited that said, you know, true power is going upstairs on all fours, animal style, like a monkey man with something to prove. And it's like, I love that because it encapsulates the weirdness of the map. Yeah, But if you're moving through, so the idea is if you're moving through somewhere you've never been before and you've got the map and there's a building you've never seen, mm-hmm. what's wrong? The map or the territory? Mm. What is the map? Yeah. So if you've got the label alpha and then you meet someone who seems to fit the map perfectly and then there's something really weird about them that doesn't click, that's just a failing in the map. It's a useful heuristic and so long as you can keep that in mind, then the heuristics fine by my standards. I think that they're necessary because then they lead to deeper understanding. It's kind of like, I think Robert Anton Wilson in his, if any, anyone here read Illuminatus? It's on my shelf. Get into it. It's good. Uh, there is a bit at the end where he kind of goes into the idea of um, damn things. Um, these two academics who are arguing over this uh, strange little plant. One says it's a bush, the other says it's a shrub, and it's never been categorized, so they're just arguing in circles because they can't find the right map for the territory. The other thing that stood out to me, uh, and actually um, with that in mind, the fact that there are so many people quibbling over what these maps mean, like what is alpha? You've got Rolla Tomasi's version of Alpha and Alexander Cortez's version of Alpha. And you've got all these people saying, you know, their own specific kind of Alpha. Mm-hmm. And all these people saying the specific kind of betas. And it's like, well, it, you can just argue and argue in circles. So you find some very interesting stuff there. The other thing that jumped out to me when you talked about natural followers latching onto, as you said, shitty leaders. Mm-hmm. I, back when I was doing classics, so that's about a year ago, <laughs> about when I was writing a dissertation and uh, looking at Ezra Pound taking on um, his, the, the old sort of like, the, there's relating to the stuff I'm writing now, the competent man and the lesson side, the competent man archetype, the fact of personality, it's kind of like the perfect leader, the Superman. He's good at everything. He looks into the void and laughs, you know. He's more alpha than alpha. It's crazy. Very, basically Odysseus. And Ezra Pound was very much what you would call a a follower. Like, he was kind of a follower and he was kind of a game changer. Like, he got T.S. Eliot and Ernest Hemingway published. 
he was the guy who kind of invented modernism in that weird way. And the trouble was that he goes to Italy, he goes completely crazy, and who does he meet but Benito Mussolini? Uh-huh. And he give and he gives him his first copy of the Cantos, and it's like, have a read. And Mussolini like does this. He's just like looks through and he goes, uh, "Ma questo è divertente." It's very amusing. Mm. Gives it back. Anybody else in any other mindset, if he had the slightest bit of like nous about, he would have been able to go, "Oh, he didn't really read it." Yeah. But instead, he was, and it's possible he was slightly schizophrenic. But he was like, "How amazing." that this man has understood it so quickly. <laughs> and he just latched on to that really bad leader. So, mm. and the result is horrifying. If you watch what happened to his writing afterwards, yeah. and you can see it in the cancers and you can see it, in the, but it's like, if you get an intelligent follower with a bad leader, yeah. That's worse than just a bad leader with some power behind him. Like, if you are a malicious actor and you can get intelligent people under you to not just take your message and spread it, but augment it, yeah, that's dangerous. And then compare that with people who can take fantastic leaders who take intelligent people. And you, it's kind of like look at bards, look at the bardic tradition, look at the kind of way story myths, like most of the myths we have are built around hero cults of real people. You can go to the graves of some Greek heroes or so they claim to be. And it's like their followers elevated them. So the idea of who you've got following you and what they say about you and how they say it is fascinating, especially now that we live in an age that and I suppose this ties into what I was saying earlier, the idea of if we're not living in a world of pure individuality, but rather in a world where certain individuals preach individuality and other people gravitate towards them to be given some degree of liberation. I've just noticed Fury's lighting has gone all... Not like quite I'm getting a headache, like of the blue light. I turned on like the night light. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was just, it's gonna all kill Bill over there. He's <laughs> <laughs> gonna take down a crazy 88. Um, but yeah, we, we live in an era where followers, the idea of having followers is a major concept. And I think that when people start tapping into that properly and we start getting more, maybe not quite as extreme as Ezra Pound, but like when we start reaching stage where mythologies develop around these people on a grander scale we're going to see some interesting stuff and that will lead to a very interesting climate indeed so that's my theory and you can find it in the book <laughs> theory yeah so man i want to harken back to something a little bit while back um chris said about uh trying to uplift other people while you're not uh owning life, you know, by yourself, you know, quote unquote owning, uh, that's semantics or like definition based, but like, um, Benjamin, uh, Benjamin, like the guy, you know, the, the Spanish Brit guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he, he had like a beautiful quote. Uh, I don't know if he tweeted, but he said it to me, like on Twitter, you have these total strangers that want other strangers to win. 
it doesn't matter you know like you see somebody who's publishing a book you re, re retweet that somebody else like uh, he got a guest post or somebody else is on a podcast you know and each one carves his own niche you know and it um it makes you feel good if you're how do you say if you're a good person so to say you know yeah and yeah like hearkening back to that like uh also like the the dichotomy versus alpha and beta myself like included i fall for the trap like um it's like um what's it like a catch-all phrase you know it's really easy like uh french uh, what is it like a passepartout like a, a key phrase you use on anything you know like ah that guy is overweight beta you know that guy has zero uh, percent fat alpha just mm -hmm. to like it's like horoscopes yeah just to make uh basically an arbitrary box to make facilitate yeah yeah to make snap judgments yeah personally i do it as well if i'm like bogged down with what you said like overthinking like these things what you said earlier if you have like lots of things like compounding in your mind i used to have that as well and then you yeah you overthink and then you don't take what's it like actionable advice and you do not execute you know and you get stuck in life and then yeah you're looking at a mirror for like months on end you know trying to find life into like uh, in your self-reflection or something and that's why i do those like quick judgment things just to like get it out of my system like uh, let's say weightlifting is good if you say to me like other stuff like weightlifting is bad or something i will not really listen to you because how do you say yeah okay you can say something like you can get hernia of it you know if you like really give like compounded well-structured arguments i will give you more sense of peace of mind you know but if you're like coming to me what um oh i stopped listening to a person in, in because in my country breakfast is the most important meal of the day as soon as somebody says that i yeah I, sorry i have to tune out you know or i say like why are you saying this to me like have you ever heard about fasting or ketogenic diet paleo diet if the person says no then say then i say sorry that's ignorant you know like and then i'll try to give like a civilized conversation but you if you go straight up you're not eating it's bad for you i say what what are you saying to me you know like so like yeah yeah i mean sorry if hmm. if i can jump in here or if someone else wants to yeah sure go ahead um, but yeah and i think I, it's it's one thing though to say like horoscopes which is like uh, I, I don't really read re read the horoscopes because I don't don't the nonsense. Waste of time. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's, it's one thing to say like, oh, uh, stay away from I don't even know what they are. Stay away from scorpions or some yeah. scorpions are really like stingy people, like literally. Yeah, and uh, they always backstab you. Uh, what's it? They're really jealous, envious. I don't know if it's true, but like typical st scorpion characteristics. Yeah. yeah. Every scorpion I've ever met in California has been like that, uh, but yeah, and, and it's uh, it, it, yeah, it's one thing to to categorize people based on like arbitrary constellation patterns, but when, when we when we get into alpha and beta, it's very much the core of what it means to be in my in my mind. I think in a lot of other guys' minds about what it means to be a man. So either and 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 the dichotomy is so sharp. It's either you are commanding, you have presence. You are, you know, in, in great shape, you do X, Y, and Z, or you are just falling short perpetually. You are in this, this permanent underclass. And I, I think that's where Red Pill really came up short recently. So all, all these guys, I think recently, I'm not going to name any names that, yeah. that got all, I got all butthurt about, um, about the way. Shallow that, wounded. What? Shallow wounded alpha players. Yeah. That, uh, that, that got uh, all, um, 
they got all all up in a got their panties in a wad about the way the red pill is developing. Well, the the red pill was never a complete philosophy from the get go. Um, at its best, it was how to get laid more often. But it's now yeah. turned into either you are in Camp Alpha, this select Camp Alpha of which we are the gatekeepers, yeah. or you're in the permanent underclass of of Camp Beta. Uh, yes. So when I talk about something like Gamma Mail, like it, it kind of hits a bit close to home because, you know, yeah. obviously I don't want to be a beta male, but I also recognize that I'm probably not, if you were to look at any evolutionary capacity or any physical characteristics, yeah. I don't think I'm an alpha male. Wouldn't survive long in The Walking Dead. No, no, exactly. Yeah, I, I'd probably be one of the first people dead um, in, in any horror scenario. That's just, just the way things are. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I know my limits. Uh, so <laughs> No, like... If we can like uh, put alpha stamps on that, knowing your limits, that's alpha. Mm. Knowing that you're weak, in my opinion, in my book, that's like strength. Yeah. When you know, when you know nothing, or when you know that you do not know nothing, then mm. you're strong. You know, that's those Zen things that. When Hello, you Socrates. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Oh, Socrates. Yeah. Oh, that was Socrates. Yeah. But like, it's like, if you're. Like owning up, like what Jocko Willing has, that whole philosophy of extreme ownership. Mm -hmm. That's actually when you become, uh, yeah, he never says the word alpha, you know. He's really far away from all this weird ass thing in the monosphere, like all the pills, all the colors, purple, black, jet black, midnight black, whatever. But Jocko oh, that, that's nothing. One thing I would love to know, if anyone here can explain it, what's with the villages by the sea? I um. live in a village by the sea. <laughs> like I live in a village by the sea in England and like nothing happens. Like occasionally you meet some very nice old people and have a bit of ice cream. But yeah. wait, I, I think I it's by the sea. Can someone explain what, what is what? the villages? The, the way the well, way interpreted it was was like a, a rejection <laughs> of no, this is a personal interpretation, a rejection of modernity <laughs> and the rat race in favor of simple living. Um, yes. having sex with simple, beautiful women uh, while, while doing worrying about our stupid problems in reality. Um, that, um, that, is, that is the, the main guy behind it is Michael Porfirio um, yeah. or Michael Mason. Just this a very, very interesting character. Sort of, I, I used to describe him as being the surrealist Superman because he, he's just sort of, he's just there. You'll see tweets from him and it's just like, you know, chilling out in my village by the sea and speaking yeah. to sea turtles they give me secrets for high testosterone and it's just yeah and then it always ends with not many people talk about, about this yeah no 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 one talks about machete yeah. yeah yeah i have i have a rack of machetes i have a rack of machetes by my bed girl girl comes over asks ask for a glass of water i give her a machete it's like yeah um it's surreal <laughs> it's, surreal. <laughs> it's, it's what andre breton would produce if he was asked to make the perfect man you know mm. it, it's just i'd like to meet <laughs> the guy i'd like to see what goes through his uh, head uh, jordan that can be arranged i think some like uh, i can like divulge secrets right now but i think some um accounts that i dm with i think they know who it is you know and i've heard uh cmq christian mcqueen cat club he knows who it is they regularly like legit swoop people by their village by the sea somewhere in france or something it's legit but do they speak it's to sea turtles and fly <laughs> like eagles? No, no, they don't do that. <laughs> I, I, I would no, have to pay any out. amount of money to learn to fly. To <laughs> do that. Just, just like leap off a cliff. 
I'm glad for the end. No. <laughs> the thing that jumps out with me that, uh, with that, just uh, as a jumping off point, um, it seems like Villages by the Sea, if, if I understand the concept, is just like MGTOW for dudes that can get laid. Like, hey, I don't want to deal with society's problems, so let me avoid them all by leaving society, which that's the, this kind of, actually, we could tie everything back together to what Chris was <laughs> talking about earlier. Um, I think fundamentally, that's kind of the issue with the way the world has become is that over the past century, people have been continually abnegating responsibility. And like mm -hmm. Villages by the Sea would be, hey, well, the world's going to shit. I'm going to ride it out. MGTOW is very much like that. A lot of the I'm going to hide in my like personal that. Valhalla full of women. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like Which, that's not a sustainable strategy because we live in such an interconnected world that if, you know, if things get too bad and then you have a fucking like a world power with nukes, then we're all screwed. And you could have done something, but you were in your village by the sea talking to sea turtles for testosterone secrets or something. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, uh, if if we really want to go f complete full circle, it is a rejection in my in my view because as I said, I'm a naturalist. We have, uh, I think Aristotle talked about natural hierarchies too, in which if you don't, if you don't recognize your own limitations, and we talked about limitations as well, and the fact that someone else can complete you in 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 an actual meaningful sense, not 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 like in a in a relationship with a girl, like oh she completes me, but like. Um, makes up for your shortcomings and you you can identify your shortcomings you can see someone who can better you uh, that's I think the, the key is um, hi hierarchy has a really bad connotation in today's day and day, day and age or whatever but speaking from my own experience being able to uplift other people being able to support other people um, is the key for me to succeed and it's not like because and I, I think each each kind of um, proto personality type archetype, the alpha, beta, gamma, also they all flip sides. So the, the gamma flip side is, is a parasite. The gamma will just latch on to whatever other people are doing and hope to extract something for himself. Whereas I think the actualized uh, gamma, gamma prime or whatever the hell you want to call it, as opposed to gamma minor, um, gamma prime genuinely wants other people to succeed and then that, that will lead to a genuine betterment for everybody, including himself. So it's a little bit, it's a little bit of a selfish personality, but that's, that's, that's kind of how I've, I've oriented it um, to, to, to begin with. So yeah, you, you, can, you, can lead, you can live in your village by the sea, but you are, in, a, in essence, you're depriving someone else of being able to uplift you and take you to another level that you may not have even considered. You can be a man that goes their own way, but, or, uh, and, is it man, MGTO, MGTO, you can be a MGTO, but once again, you are potentially depriving somebody of your abilities to genuinely lead to some kind of betterment. Um, and I think you, you look at the accumulation of these benefits and suddenly you have a society that people don't want to leave to go and live in villages by the sea and get testosterone advice from fucking sea turtles. I mean, it's, it's, it's not, it's not difficult. And I think the, the, the biggest problem, and it's, it's, just, it's definitely one when it comes to lifting is realizing your own limitations. Most people don't start going to the gym. Um, in, in my view, they, they, they sell themselves short because they don't want to admit how weak they are. And I, I think that's an especially big problem on men. And uh, the, the reaction by more 
kind of people, more women, has been, oh, you got to talk about your feelings more. You got to express yourself more. You got to do this. You got to you got to emotionalize. No, it's like be honest with yourself. Uh, be direct. Say that these are my limitations. Uh, I can do better with them, but I, I will hit a limit eventually. Uh, and then, and then at that point, I, I will need to rely on somebody else to um, elevate me and let, let them let them be elevated or, or to elevate me through me elevating them. Um, so, and it, it really requires a lot of deep introspection that you can't get talking to a therapist about why you're sad and depressed. I mean, you're sad and depressed because you don't know your place in the world. You don't know your place in the world because you don't even know who you are. I mean, this like that's. To me, it's very, it's simple advice, but it's painful. It's a painful realization process when you realize that, you know, you're not, you're not, you're not Superman. You're probably not, never going to be, um, whoever the, 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 uh, the most alpha guy you can think of is, uh, you be Batman. yeah, <laughs> you probably not Batman, but you can do something phenomenal with your life yes. that really works for you. Uh, but at first you have to admit what you're deficient in. And, and, and it's not just, it's not just a, a man. I wish I, I wish I could talk to girls more, or I wish I, I, I wish I dressed better. I wish I lost weight. It's really like, what, who am I through my personality? Um, how do I genuinely get sustained happiness? And then using your skills and abilities to, in my case, elevate other people. And for me, purpose, purpose can be summed in one very simple equation. Purpose equals opportunity plus ability. If you have, and opportunities arise all the time. If you have any kind of ability, knowing your own abilities, um, attaching to an opportunity, you will have purpose in your life. It's, in my opinion, it's that simple. And it took me 25 years on this planet to realize that, including some very serious um, psychiatric uh, kind of experiences in the past where I was just completely lost, um, very depressed. And then finally- uh, hmm? Chris, can I jump in on that? You said yeah, like, sure. uh, purpose is opportunity plus ability. Yeah. But there, I hear randomness there, because uh, what um, one of my friends in high school always said to me, this is not per se true, but I was the smartest kid in high school, <laughs> not in uni, like I was the dumbest there, but um, mm. he said to me, you could have been anything. So um, I could have like, that's my ability, you know, and then mm. an opportunity would come, let's say somebody was, would want to do some kind of form of business, like small owner business stuff. Mm -hmm that's like the opportunity plus my ability that apparently I'm able to do anything, which is not true per se. I don't know, but that's not my purpose. You know, yeah. I, I'm not saying like it's faulty to, uh, what you're saying, but can you like enlighten me a little bit on that? What? Right. I mean, it really comes down to, yeah, it's, it's not just the fact that you're good at a whole bunch of different things. I think 99% mm -hmm. of people, uh, unless you're just some, once again, some Superman archetype that doesn't exist. Yeah it requires some serious introspection on what, it, what, what an ability actually is. Ah, okay. It's not just being good at something. An ability is something that you're good at and you get some kind of, in, in the way I would put it, a psychological bonus. If you're, ah. if you're familiar with flow, if, you, if you're, yes. yeah, yeah, flow. So if, you're, if you ever spent hours working on something that somebody else would find boring or you know, ridiculously time-wasting, and you and you can do it for hours, then you and you get like a rush doing it in a way that other people don't. That's probably a pretty good sign that that's an ability that you have, like a skill, uh, like a gift, like yeah, a, a gift, yeah, a gift. So and that's these are these are outgrowths of your of your personality. These okay. uh, there is an element of randomness because you don't really get to choose. 
you know, for, for me, I can spend 12 hours doing video editing. Not a lot of people have, have the kind of patience to, to do that, but that's just, that's my thing. So I, I, I employ that one where thing, I can. <laughs> one thing I would add to uh, purpose though, I think opportunity and ability, but you have, there has to be a deep need before it becomes purposeful. Like, okay, there's, uh, for example, like I love playing guitar. I can do that for hours, right? I could, mm -hmm. if I wanted to, I could probably go join a band or something, right? But mm -hmm. whereas my purpose isn't guitar, even though I have the ability and the opportunity, right? There's no, there's no deep need. Like, I don't feel like a deep vacuum in society that my guitar playing would fulfill. Whereas with philosophy or like introspection, I do that like 24 hours a day is introspection, philosophy, thinking about things. If I go to the movies, like it's not, uh, I'm not sitting there just watching superheroes and shit. I'm thinking like, okay, well, what's, what's the, uh, the metaphysical message behind this sort of thing, you mm -hmm. know? Uh, and that's, that's what I've found with my blog and, and I am media built on top of that and all that kind of stuff is I, I see a deep need for coherence in, in the world as far as how we look at it, how we think about it, philosophy and that stuff. So whereas with guitar, I have opportunity and ability there's no need. And I think that's when it becomes purpose because it becomes meaningful on a right, very yeah. deep level. You know? No, yeah. And, and kind of, yeah, not, not to cut you short, but kind of what, what Fury was saying about um, ability being good at a whole bunch of different things and as opposed to the genuine introspection and what gives you flow and what gives you psychological high, it's the same kind of thing. Uh, uh, there has to be a genuine opportunity. In this case, you can say it's a genuine uh, needs-based opportunity. So, uh, there, there, as you said, there are a whole bunch of opportunities to do a whole bunch of different kinds of things. Like people like uh, a jack of all trades or master of none may, may be gifted, gifted in a whole bunch of different abilities, but it has to be a genuine opportunity plus a genuine ability um, in, in that. So it's a genuine ability in that it gives you that kind of psychological high. Um, and then it's a genuine opportunity in that there is some kind of need in society a need, uh, a need in society maybe that society hasn't even kind of recognized yet. It's just kind of a, an oversight and society's overlooked it. So yeah, I, I would agree with, with both of your guys' uh, considerations on it because it sounds really fascinating. Everyone wants a simple solution to, uh, yeah, pur your purpose is opportunity plus ability. You're good at that thing. There's, there's, a, there's a job site over there. You're good at, you're good at swinging dirt. You, you go over on the job site and you'll, be, you'll have purpose in your life. Uh, no, yeah, if, if we're talking about, once again, so genuine opportunity, Plus, a genuine uh, ability will equal genuine purpose, uh, and that, that that is an important distinction. But I don't think it changes the core message in that a lot of people overcomplicate what their life's purpose is as they scream out to the heavens about what they're on this planet to do. Um, part of it's a cultural, social thing in which they say from a very young age, or you can be, you can do anything. You know, you're you're good at everything. Um, life is full of opportunities, and I think that's paralyzing in a sense when you're presented with. Um, when you're told from a very young age that you're good at all these, all these different things, despite never really being challenged and then entering a world in which you're against people that are, that have been specializing and are better at you in a lot of different respects. Uh, you shouldn't be surprised when you get overwhelmed, uh, not only with the, your, your potential choices to make, but the fact that your competition is going to be, is going to be, um, is going to be out to get you and they're, they're, they're playing to win. Um, so I don't know if I can make another full circle here. Uh, I, I was I'm not sure I agree with that entirely. Oh, go, go for it. Yeah, me. Um, 
there's, uh, there's the old famous saying, isn't it? You know, jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah. Um, I always, I, I've always stood by the second line of that, which is better off than the master of one. Mm. Like I, I've never been somebody. I've always agreed with the idea of specialization. The trouble is that if you take the idea of just, okay, I do this one thing and I do it really well and this is my life's purpose, then a generalist is going to dance them, dance rings around you. Because if it, let's say you're a fantastic, I don't know, like, Let's say you're a fantastic engineer, taking what Fury was saying earlier, and you're a brilliant engineer. And let, let's say I... I am not, by the way. <laughs> no, no, no. Note to self, you, never you walk on a bridge in the Netherlands. <laughs> oh, no, no, they like, uh, they do... Um... <laughs> if, if he stopped going out and taking on the Yakuza every night, he would be the world's greatest engineer. So, you know, give the guys some credit. But that's the point. Like, if you... The thing that drives me nuts is when you find these guys and they build their lives around their speciality. And they, whereas I sort of found, I'm not entirely sure whether I've completely found my purpose or anything quite so highfalutin, but I, I just decided that I wanted to be pretty damn good at everything. And if anything came up oh. that really resonated, then I would take that further. But st so. Classics, definitely. I can tackle classics well. I can tackle literature. Mm. But at the same time, I'm, I think that you cannot just... You shouldn't just seek a flow state. You should be challenging yourself in new things. You should always be going out of your comfort zone. Like, I'm... You know, it, let, let's say you're really, really good with literature. Okay. Also try martial arts. And maybe some painting, you know. Because if you just have one outlet for that flow state, then you will stagnate in the end. I think I think that the future definitely belongs to the generalists. I think the future belongs to people who can not just not just find their purpose, but find the purposes that they have mm -hmm. and then synthesize them together. Yeah, to create something because what we need more than ever is something new, something built from many different areas. There's a for a, a good example of this, in my opinion, Frank Lloyd Wright, uh, who's widely considered to be the world's greatest architect. And if you disagree, then go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> Frank Lloyd Wright. Not only did he do like architecture, he wouldn't just build the buildings. Like he studied geometry and would build uh there's one house i believe is called kentuck knob in pennsylvania where the entire house is built around hexagons right so you have the the structure of the building is built around these big uh these big skylights on the balcony right so there's a hexagon here and the outside lines of the house trace those hexagons down the base of the building like it's uh it's stone built into the ground so the base of it is hexagonal but like a hexagonal solid, you know, so it's got uh, sides coming down. All of, the, um, all of the angles in the house are built around that shape. So he wouldn't just do that though, he studied geology. So he would get stone from the local area and use that to build house out or local lumber. So when he would get done, 
the all the materials of the house matched the environment so the houses look like they grow out of the ground you know it's not like a, a fucking one of those um not like you know, Nick here, which Manson. looks like a spaceship just hit the hit the deck. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's it looks like it's something that grew organically out of its environment because all of the colors match, all of the material matches, and uh, there's more than that. He learned how to like do woodworking, so he would build all the furniture himself. Like the whole house came pre-furnished because he designed all the furniture around the same principles. So you get like people who go like. People think like the height of uh, furniture in a house is like an Eames chair or something, which if you're not familiar, is like a $2,500 chair. They're really, really nice looking. But he would go and by hand design and build all the furniture, paint all the walls. Like it, were, it went exactly the way that he wanted it to go because he knew about much more than just the architecture, you know? So if you look at like people like that or Steve Jobs, you know, Steve Jobs took a calligraphy course and that's why the first Mac had different fonts like all the computers in the world before that had one type of font and he gave people customizable fonts because he, he was into calligraphy so it seems from my observations that these people that are generalists that connect unlike things that's where innovation comes from is connecting things that are unrelated or seemingly unrelated that's where the really brilliant stuff comes from yeah yes oh, yeah yeah, I mean, I, I, I think if I were to maybe backpedal a little bit, I think maybe not life's purpose then, but getting a general orientation of what you ought to be doing, and then you can have outgrowths after that in terms of connecting seemingly unrelated things uh, that you wouldn't have drawn patterns between before into something that you would consider to be cohesive that someone from the outside looking in would think is really disparate and really strange and and really unusual but somehow at least in your own head makes sense and you know as as long as as long as it makes sense to you then then uh as long as you get purpose in your life you don't have to go around giving other people purpose in your life unless you're a rare gamma male personality like me uh <laughs> um but yeah no yeah i agree with that yeah that's the other thing too i would argue that um like i'm a i'm the king of generalists you know like the I have a bunch of useless random skills that I spent most of my childhood doing. Uh, so I would argue too that one, and this is something I've talked about with Jason Snyder, who uh, you may know as Cognizor on Twitter. But um, one of the issues that we run into, and I think the red pill suffers from this in some extent, is even if I can come up with, the, if I can perfectly convey my philosophy of my life and everything, we're going to be fundamentally limited by my personality and how that impacts what I'm creating, right? So if you're, uh, if, if you're going with the gamma idea, right? If that's a fundamentally different personality type, then if I try to apply my system, which would be coherent as it pertains to me, to you who would have a different system, then we run into issues. So I am a, I'm a, I am a generalist, so I'm gonna base everything around generalism and connecting weird dots to other weird things, but the, I guess the thing is that we need both generalists, we need specialists, we need um, a variety of different types of people, and, and we need a system really that works in such a way that one person isn't glorified and the other isn't alienated, yeah. while still pushing them to be their best. That's the You want a better map for the territory. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We need a meta yeah. system. You know? We yeah. need something that, that can juggle instead of just saying, well, okay, here's the alpha dude. Like, in most cases, the most alpha dude in the room is not going to be 
Well, let me be more specific with that. The specific alpha archetype is not always going to be the best person at all times because uh, increased, increased testosterone, uh, increased conflict, potentially uh, not necessary for more cooperative situations. I'll probably get a lot of shit about that. But there's a reason why every single person on the planet isn't alpha. It's because we need more than just that. You know, we need no, yeah, a balanced which is, team. Yeah. Which is which is why it's not just alpha, beta, gamma. I'm just throwing out my personal. No, opinion. yeah, no, that, I wasn't. I wasn't. No, sure. dude, they're like 26 Greek letters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, but I, but I don't think anyone wants to be the omega male. Uh, <laughs> oh, I do. <laughs> um, no, the, the isn't the omega male the one that uh, the one that survives the end of the world and then has to fight off the vampires. Is is so that, that was a lousy joke? I'm sorry. Oh. Sure. I think, oh. Um, the Omega Man, or I Am Legend. Oh, that, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, shit. Okay. I love that book. Yeah, uh, yeah sorry. Fell a little <laughs> flat there. Fell a little flat. <laughs> it's because we're illiterate. We're, we're illiterate idiots. <laughs> Jordan's a scholar of fine, fine uh, 70s movies. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, yeah, and as, as you were saying, just to go back to really briefly, I think um, I, uh, I'm, my natural personality type is diplomat. I like people gelling. And the, the flip side of that is I hate people not liking me. Specifically, I hate being misunderstood. Um, I, I don't mind people disliking me for something that is true about me. I, I, I don't like people disliking me based on the distortion of, of who I am. So to avoid sounding too beta or, or anything. But I do like seeing people get along. So when I see like one of my uh, archetypal, stereotypical alpha friends starting something with some random stranger I'm a natural diffuser type like this is because once again, I, I think I can see in a bit more long term um, way what the consequences of bad actions are more so than somebody else. And as you said, this is more or less a bunch of different kind of personality types coming together. The first step, though, in that is you have to recognize what what your personality type is and how you in social situations where you get your energy from. And it's not just an introverted ex extroverted kind of thing. That's really basic. I think. It's more when you're put into a social situation because we are by nature social beings. Um, where are you getting your energy from? If you're getting your energy um, consistently through dominating a situation, then that's a perfectly viable thing. But as you said, taken to the extreme of too much testosterone, starting fights unnecessarily, um, then you're going to lead to a larger social breakdown. And and it's it's the same thing. Like if, if I'm just if, if if gamma minor, so to speak, and I, I hate throwing out these words because we're just once again theory crafting in a meaningless way. Um, if, if my end game is just to parasitically leech off other people and instead of actually getting invested in their lives, then at some point the the social situation is going to turn on me because people will realize that I'm basically using them. So yeah, I think I think there are a whole bunch of different personality types, way more than Myers Briggs, way more than Alpha Beta Gamma. Um, but I think the, the, the reason why Alpha Beta Gamma, the, the book that I'm, or what, that, that's just an essay in the book um, that I'm, I'm focusing on is because in this intermediate age, when we're, when we're both interestingly hyper-individualistic and seeking to categorize ourselves um, because we, we don't like the idea of being an individual all by ourselves, um, we, we're gravitating to, to a whole bunch of uh, different 
random spurious social science or psychology or stuff like that. Uh, so I think ideally it'll help. I mean, it helps me understand myself more. Um, and hopefully it will help other people understand that there's the, the general gist of that whole essay is that there's more out there than alpha good, beta bad, uh, B alpha, even though you don't meet or you don't have um, necessarily some of the characteristics we would associate with uh, some kind of alpha primate or something like that is, is what I would say. Sorry if that was long. So I'm going to, I'm going to call a 10 minute warning from here. So if you guys want to, uh, if you have any other uh, stuff that we've talked about that you want to hit, let's try and bring it in home and we will end uh, 10 minutes from now. Okay. Um, Anybody? Yeah, I, I got something. Like uh, uh, tying into what Chris and Garrett said regarding the purpose, that like you have certain abilities combined with what Garrett said, there's a certain need. That's uh, tied to like Ikigai. The Japanese came up with it. It's like there's a whole book on it and anybody can Google it. And that's one of the most clearly defined uh, definitions of like I've seen of purpose. Basically, you just have four circles like what can you do? What does the world need? Uh, what do you really love to do? And what can give you money? And like the circles where they intersect, like in a Venn diagram, exactly in the middle, that is your purpose in life. And why that's freaking hard to reach because... Most people do not even know what they're good at or what they love, or they can't even um, make ends meet, you know, like, but if you, I truly believe if you get all four of those, or maybe you have four skills, like you do something you're good at, let's say engineering, or uh, you love to play the guitar, but you make money with uh, freelancing and, but the world needs you to be uh, like a politician or something. If you just do multiple stuff uh, and go all out, you know, like uh, be a generalist, and like a jack of all trades, you will be more content. Personally, I try to overload more on like unlimited stuff to do because that's my personality type compared to like not doing anything, you know? That's why I find my purpose. Makes sense. I like that concept though, Ikigai. Yeah, I'll have to look into that. Very but yeah, it seems I mean, like, I mean, it seems like hitting what you're talking about, Chris. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really once again. But if we say the general trajectory, I think Jordan was bringing this up earlier, or um, was that uh, we're 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 basically living so, or I forgot who who brought up the the critical mass um, of indiv individualism. Who who wants to take credit for that really quickly? Um, no one. All right. Well, we're, we're basically reaching the critical mass of consuming individualism. So we're continually just going from one thing after another, one thing after one he, like minor hedonistic thing after another. And the subsequent buzz that we're getting from doing all these things is getting less and less. So people are, there's no, I don't think it's any surprise that people are getting more and more depressed uh, about the way things are going or more people are willing to M, M to go or whatever the, uh, the acronym is. Uh, because they, they've never really stopped. I do believe it's MGTOW. MGTOW, thank you. They've, they, they, they've never really um, engaged in an honest self-reflection of genuinely what they're good at and what makes them happy. I mean, as as uh, Fury said, we're talking about four circles here. We're not talking about 4,000 circles that, that we have to find like the perfect yeah. perfect matching small little subsection. This, is, this, no. this shouldn't be that difficult. Um, no, it isn't. It's finite. Yeah, my brother always, uh, my brother, he's a physicist, 
says you have to like theorize, hypothesize, but where you limit yourself is when you say immediately, it's impossible. I can't find my purpose. There are too many things. You just take a concept like Ikigai or something else that you found and then you execute on it and you get data and then you go back into the hypothesis loop. I'm not like a scientist really, but you, you think something, you do it, you get uh, feedback, you put it back into the loop and you do that at infinitum. You, you have to like box it in, you know, parameterize it and then you niche it down. Like you, you, like there's a reason like why I came up with this, uh, with the, with the branding, like branding of Twitter with the samurai stuff. It's basically what I do on my daily basis, you know? I just samurai books, whatever, because it ties into that I'm very a floaty kind of guy, philosophy. And yeah, you know, um, I'm not gonna like, oh shit, I should be like a ballet dancer now. I don't give a shit. Maybe I'll do that in the future, you know? But you have to niche down and really double down what Jordan said. You, you just put your hours in, you know? Mm. Um, I think that the only thing I would add to that is, uh, again, sort of if you're sort of talking about your branding as the samurai, and I've sort of put myself up as a not quite Odysseus himself, but certainly in that vein. I think that there's something to be said for in the work I'm writing in a minute the idea of a meta archetype, like that, which sort of wants you understand archetypes and the way you exist and they exist within you i think that there is a stage where you stop looking at the masks you wear and start looking at the routines you use them in mm. and i think that 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 does come up in the text but that will that that's a complete uh, complete story for another day <laughs> but i think that yeah the only the only thing i would add to all that is that we are entering a stage where individualism is becoming a commodity it's becoming something that other people are able to sell you and i think that it, it it's certainly a, a step in a better direction than being part of some grand terrifying collective but there's still a long way to go before we're able to act as ourselves and at the moment heuristics like alpha beta gamma um i've seen sigma a couple of times which I, uh shout out to um is it arty or or archie or i don't know the 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 stigma male like he's pretty good but we do i, the, I was well the the one thing i was going to say that i i take a yeah. bit of issue with this this is largely semantics but <laughs> i don't I don't think so much that it's an issue of individualism. It's an issue of pseudo individualism. And yes. that's where consumerism is the problem is if you can sell someone an identity, you're not an individual. You just bought something that you think is you, right? Mm -hmm. And this doesn't have to literally be a product, but if you're selling the idea of alpha beta, well, it doesn't matter. You're not an individual, right? Like, mm -hmm. for, uh, like you, ex you used in an older persona, Jeff Goldblum is an example of like, by all accounts, Jeff Goldblum is not like an alpha dude. You know, he's weird. He stutters. He dresses strangely. He's got uh, he like postures in the weirdest ways. <laughs> but if your if your definition of alpha doesn't include Jeff Goldblum, is cool. Then go fuck yourself. Like that's, that you're wrong. You know, like yeah. Jeff Goldblum is ostensibly yeah. cool. Or like Prince, for example. Like Prince, mm -hmm. fairly effeminate. You know, weird dressing type thing. 
that's in my book, that's a top tier dude, you know, like, um, there's a, there's a a bunch of people that don't fit these categories that I would argue are truly individuals. And that's the kind of thing you can't, there's no product you can buy that makes you Prince. You're never going to be Prince, right? You, you just can't, it's, he's become completely individualized. And what we have... Are we so still allowed to call him Prince, just for the record? He's Prince now. He wasn't always Prince, but he is... Well, he's dead, but... You know, he, he was, was that weird symbol thing. Literally the artist formerly known as Prince. Yeah, yes. what a champ. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, but so the, the thing that I'm getting at is, like, Prince has become a wholly individualized person, right? Most people never do. Most people take on identities. And that's the stage that uh, we could... I, I would call it the Dark Knight of the Soul, but you could use a variety of different ones, Nishi's desert or um, nihilism in general, but that's the stage between here's the identity that I took or the identity that was given, and here's the identity that's true. And we as a culture are here, and we're seeing this. Some people are already in the desert or know about it, but this is falling apart because it's not true. We know instinctively it's not true, and that's why people are so depressed and miserable and we have to get through the desert, which is horrifying. It's the, the self-reflection, like you talked about, that miserable experience of thinking, well, who am I? What, where do I get my meaning from? Mm-hmm. And on the other end of that, like is uh, Carl Jung called it individuation, this whole process, right? But that's, that's really what it is, is we have to become wholly individuals. And at that point, no one can sell you anything because you know who you are. You know, yeah. you can't, you're not worried about being Alpha or Beta because you're fucking Jeff Goldblum. You know, like, you know, are you David Bowie? David Bowie is another great example of like. David Bowie is an interesting one because he went through like 50 different personalities. personalities. Yeah, he he had schizophrenia or had some minor issues with schizophrenia as well. But I mean, yeah. I think we're talking, uh, that that was uh, only exacerbated by, um, what was it? Uh, A lot of uh, something else. Lots of cocaine, probably, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I, I think if we. I, I, yeah, and a, a couple of different things to unpack there really quickly because I, I know we, I think we're, we're past the 10 minute warning. But yeah, once again, it's, um, if you're going to have a discussion about things like alpha or beta, it's important to know what exactly you're talking about. Is, is alpha just the accumulation of a bunch of physical traits or is it, is it an intangible something, something desirable? So is, is, is Jeff Goldblum, uh, Jeff, is Jeff Goldblum alpha because he's tall and good looking and because he does X, Y, and Z, or is it because there's something about Jeff Goldblum that wreaks genuine individualism, mm. um, it, which is now the new criterion. The new criterion is now genuine individualism, uh, in which case anyone can be alpha. Maybe, that's, maybe, maybe that kind of makes it meaningless. If everyone can be alpha, then you know, there's no... Now, see, what I'm saying know, is it goes yeah. beyond the concept of alpha. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. is not alpha in the sense that he's not like The Rock, for example, right? Um, but he's still at a, a vastly superior level to the average person. So, like, I just, uh, the, or I guess my argument is that if you're, if, if the alpha-beta dichotomy excludes someone as Jeff Goldblum as not being, like, a fucking cool guy, yeah. then I take issue with the category. And as far as I understand it, you know, the, the most alpha dude in the room is going to be, like, The Rock or uh, Vin Diesel. or so. Well, Vin Diesel's kind of short, so maybe not. But, you know, like, someone uh, someone like that's a massive muscle-bound dude. And I guess that's – like, if you look at um, The Artist Seduction by Robert Greene, he, he outlines at least nine separate masculine uh, seductive archetypes, you know? So the notion that there's just, like, 
the Adonis Fabio guy, mm-hmm. it it denies certain other things it's, that we have evidence. Once again, for. it's a shorthand. Uh, like yeah, it's, it's it's a shorthand of a shorthand. It's uh, it's because because we made alpha and beta as a shorthand, and then we say of that shorthand, uh, if you look like Fabio, therefore you're alpha, and everybody else is not is not alpha. So it's literally the 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 least amount of effort, the path of the least resistance, is now dominating or has dominated. I think it's changing now our entire conception of what it means to be, um, in this case, in an alpha or having some kind of uh, substantive offering, or as. Um, and the people bickering about about you know um, whether or not uh, red pill should include um, other elements besides just screwing around literally, um, I think are are going to be on the tail end of some really really big philosophical discussions because uh, we we recognize inherently that you can't just keep screwing around. At some point, you can screw every model in the world, but I would still think. Um, you would come up short in terms of some kind of meaning in your life. Uh, and it, it's that, it's that limitation, that, that acknowledgement of that limitation, which has kind of spawned an entirely new debate that maybe our entire archetypal framework is lacking. And we need to have, if not more archetypes, we need to have a really strong discussion about what it means to get in, in at the end of the day, what it means to be an individual and get purpose out of your life, because society's not going to have that discussion. The market, the market is is just going to do what the market does and provide a good or service that 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 will uh, cater to our need at that time. In this case, people want to be an individual, so they will sell us things for us to feel like we're individuals. So we know that society's not going to have it. If we don't have it, then no one's really going to have it, um, in my opinion. That's, Except maybe I think the that's turkeys. a good note to end on. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan, if you got something, then that'll be it. And Fury, you can more thing too if you need that's, to. That's my last statement. If you want to become a true individual, you need to you need to go out to the sea and uh, and speak to the turtles. Yeah, <laughs> that's the secret. That's the secret. Fury, you got anything else? Um, my take on uh, life's purpose, hearkening back to what we said earlier. Uh, there was this quote that I never got. Uh, Maybe because of oh, just stu- plain stupidity, but um, it says life's purpose is a purpose is no the purpose of life is a life of purpose, and I connected that quote with love the life you lead and lead the love you lead the life you love. It is a certain intent that you have to put in by yourself. That I found that. It only comes with experience and action and processing what you've learned as a human being. That's it. Cool. All right. Um, on that note, then, if you guys have anything to plug, plug it now. Uh, same order. So, Chris, go ahead if you want to replug your book and other stuff. Uh, yeah, Masculinity in the 21st Century. A primer, hopefully, coming out at the beginning of March. I'm in the final stages of editing the draft. Uh, we got a lot of good people on board, and it's only $10, $10 for a wonderful compendium of articles. Uh, and then uh, if you'll have me back on in the future, I'll plug, I'll mercilessly and shamelessly plug whatever other crap um, uh, I'll, I'll try and sell you guys or your or your audience. So thank, uh, but, but thank you for the opportunity, first and foremost. Hope, hopefully I didn't dominate this too much. Um, uh, but yeah, so yeah, th- thank you for the opportunity. and. Um, I would love to do this again at some point. Jordan? 
Um, Compton last will be out in cool fury. Uh, I have a mail list now. I finally figured out that Mailchimp shit. Freaking <laughs> annoying as hell. I had to like figure it out at work. Uh, I have an Instagram, which I will be using more as I'm going on vacation next week. Where I'm going, I'll keep a surprise for now. Uh, but it's like far away. I had to take like shots. So that's like a hint. That's like pretty far-ish. So that would be like pretty epic. And uh, this year, like there are 12 months in the year. I'm planning on traveling at least I try to travel like once every month, so it would be like 12, 12 times a year, I think. I hope to do that. Mm, I have a book coming out. It's like inspired by all the other Twitter gurus, you know, just put it on Gumroad. It's uh, really going to like show people how you can go from, you know, like if you just try your best, you can overcome limitations you didn't thought you had, you know, like. I didn't, I don't even like running. I, it's stupid, you know, it's boring, but now I'm a triathlete. I, I was afraid of the water. Now I'm going to swim that, you know, like I'm going to do a triathlon this year. It's my first. I call myself a triathlete because yeah, I'm more triathlete than other people. Yeah. <laughs> and we wish you well, sir. Yeah. Thanks man. And uh, finally I'm going into e-commerce with Avtovitet. He has a shoe, shoe store. So I'm gonna like connect with him on that. Uh, like, what is it? Uh, figure models for him, you know? Like just you have a cool guy who wears a shoe and there's a hot girl beside him. It has nothing to do with the product, you know? <laughs> I'm gonna do that and uh, yeah. Just, uh, oh, wait, 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 wait. I have like, a, I do guest, uh, guest posts now. I have one coming up with Libra Rex. That's like a- Hey! It will, uh, it will yeah. literally be out as soon as I stop recording this, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I really like awesome. it. Though. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I'm excited for that. Cool. Uh, and then for me, we have the five pillars of the ascendant mind is out now. Uh, if you don't have that already, there should be a link probably in this video or whatever I posted. Um, I'm going to be doing a Master Self ebook. Uh, just going to be the first year of Master Self. Um, or not an ebook, sorry. I'm doing the physical one. Fuck it. And that'll be out soon. And then hopefully I'm going to be starting uh, Liver Liver Rex at some point this year, but we'll see. So. Oh, yeah. All I'm right. really excited for that book, man. It's going to be, oh, man, it's going to be a serious, like, I'm, I'm not publishing it unless I can get it leather bound. Like, I'm not kidding. It's going to be fucking yeah. dead. Um, but with that being said, uh, thank you guys for joining us today. Thank you for watching. We will see you next time.